welcome to Unraveling Crypto, the podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie. If you're curious about Web3 but don't know where to start, you're in the right spot. I know how full your life is already, and I also know how much freedom this expansive space can offer. Each episode, we bring on Web3 experts to share what they love. Through easy conversation, we cover topics like financial literacy, blockchain, and how to use these in practical ways. It's not just about technology, but about who is building it and why it's being built. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a special guest, Will, and we talked about his big leap from architecture to blockchain, specifically in Stacks, why fixing money with Bitcoin excites him so much, and why he feels a bigger focus on design is so desperately needed in the Web3 space. He also talked about the practices that he does, like yoga and swimming, that help him keep a clear head, especially in the fast-moving space of technology and Web3. This conversation was so lovely. I hope you connect with what was shared and with Will. Let's dive in. Hi, Will. Welcome to Unraveling Crypto. Hey, Vane. How are you? Good. I am so excited to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. This is really excited to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, I just want to give everyone a little bit of information. When I first came up with the idea, you're one of the first persons that I reached out to. um, And your feedback was just so supportive. And I just really want to like shout you out and just say how much I appreciate you for like the words of encouragement and just in general, like all the support that you've been giving me to make this happen. Uh, you're, this is a perfect fit for you. Your, your energy is going to come through just perfectly. And I'm really excited to see you start this journey. Thank you. So before we get started, I'd like to get the conversation going with um, what are you grateful for? right now well i'm grateful for for my partner grateful for my health um grateful to have made what i a year ago would have considered to have been like uh, an amazing escape from a career that i was fairly unhappy in so i i'm in a much uh better place just in terms of like you know, what I'm doing for a living right now. And so that was, uh, that, that was a, a big kind of, uh, I guess, step into the unknown that I was really afraid to take, but it was with my partner, Farrah's uh, constant urging that I had to go and do this. So I'm really, I'm really like, grateful for that. Mm. So can you share with us a little bit about you and what you do um, so the community knows. Yeah, um, I'm the grants program manager at the Stacks Foundation. And so the Stacks Foundation, uh, short for the Stacks Open Internet Foundation, it's uh, a nonprofit that is meant to support the uh, sort of development of open source technology on and supporting the Stacks network. And Stacks is a is a, a cryptocurrency-powered uh, decentralized blockchain protocol that has a security relationship with uh, Bitcoin. And so it brings smart contracting uh, applications and smart 
uh, sort of expressive smart contracting potential and opportunities to Bitcoin. And so, yeah, like through that, you know, these foundations are really, really fascinating and really interesting because it's a decentralized uh, ecosystem or community and there's a treasury, but there's no like, um, I guess, organizational structure that is hiring people and allocating funds, you know, behind certain projects and certain initiatives. And so you just have to like engage the community and listen to the community and create a, uh, an open dialogue with them that allows the community to sort of indicate what they feel they want to build and more importantly, understand what the community wants to support and then try to, uh, foster that uh, growth. And so, you know, you're, you're just exposed to a lot of new and interesting things because you never know what ideas people are going to bring uh, your direction in terms of uh, a project that they're looking to have funded. Um, and so, yeah, it's really challenging in terms of uh, just trying to understand the technology and stay ahead of uh, the trends within the space. Like, as you go, because grants are kind of like the leading edge, I, I would suppose, for development in a community like this. Yeah. So before we dive deep in any Web3 talk, um, what's your superpower? Like that thing that comes to you the most effortlessly? I suppose finding the critical path uh, is, I suppose, my my superpower. Um <laughs> I was, I was an architect for a long time and, you know, architecture is like a very organic process and it's very collaborative, but it's also, you know, very schedule driven and there are uh, approvals that you have to go through. And so you're always needing to uh, figure out like the minimum number of steps that it takes to get, you know, from A to B and there's lots of little steps in between. And so really trying to, figure out like what the what the critical path is i suppose mm, it's, not yeah. a, it's not a very exciting superpower but <laughs> well this is the thing everyone i always says like the superpower is like this magical thing but it's actually the thing that you just do easy easiest and comes to you the most natural and like it, it's the most people say i don't know what it is but it's like you do it every day almost every day because that yeah. sounds natural it is um and i think that's really powerful because a lot of people probably would say like they go astray <laughs> and finding like the path that needs to go is like the the one with that you just know you need to go and do um so tell us about your um you were mentioning that you left your job you made a, a transition like a pivot a year ago where were you then and um what really mm, made you what was the catalyst for you to make the shift yeah um i was like i said i was an architect i was actually uh i grew up in omaha nebraska and that's practicing there i live in chicago now but um it was you know architecture was just always like this love-hate relationship through you know studying and practicing it it's a very project-driven and deadline-driven experience and so with that just comes like a lot of stress and uh, 
very, at least for me personally, very high highs and low lows in terms of like the adrenaline that gets you like through the deadline and then sort of the letdown after the deadline. And really it was, uh, I don't know. I, I just felt like the profession, like a lot of professions anymore, um, was quite extractive and it was just sort of always wanting you're just working harder to um you know to just like produce the same amount of what you were expected to do a year ago in a short amount of time and and so it was uh it didn't feel like the the next 20 years were going to be nearly as uh interesting as the first 20 years i felt like i had kind of accomplished a fair amount and uh felt like it was time for a change i, I you know I, I do think that there are like intangibles that you learn uh doing a job and i was i guess wise enough to see that those intangibles could be applied elsewhere so and what got you into web3 my partner she's uh She's a, a front-end engineer, and she works in the space also. And really, like, she, you know, she didn't get into Web3 uh, all that much uh, earlier than I did. We, I suppose, stumbled into the space just really, like, falling in love with, with Bitcoin first. You know, Bitcoin is a very... Uh, it's a gateway drug for a lot of people. And it's just kind of, uh, it's this whole big ball of yarn that, you know, if you're used to like getting something pretty quickly and then you, you either encounter something that you don't get right away and you're either turned off by it or you're intrigued by it and you want to, you want to get it. And so the, I guess the deeper that we dug, the more that we realized was there and there was kind of like, all of these underlayers that uh like historical and philosophical and uh geopolitical and a lot of different things that uh, get intertwined into money and uh really i had never thought about uh questioning money and yeah i think that you could actually there's a strong correlation between how I was becoming a little disillusioned with how I was spending my time and what I was getting paid to do, which is like your, the expression of your value um, mm -hmm. is what you get paid. And then learning about Bitcoin and, and understanding like a little bit more about those, those connections kind of, it all came together uh, and snapped or <laughs> clicked. So what, captivated you most like what was the thing that you were like oh i love like i really want to learn more i suppose just understanding that the underlying technology of blockchain is much bigger than bitcoin or any one of these cryptocurrencies and so it wasn't really in, until i i took a course online you know just like a a Coursera course where you learn about blockchain and how blockchain could have an impact on business in general and the world and really think about, um, you know, everything that could be uh, sort of 
transmitted across the internet in terms of like uh, that has like some amount of values stored to it can be disrupted or, or uh, influenced or possibly improved um, by blockchain. And so it wasn't really until I started to learn about the, the underlying technology a bit more that it all started to click. Um, and then, you know, you can sort of port your understanding of those concepts from one project to the other. And then you begin to like build a, uh, uh, a more like granular mental map of all of these different projects and why one is important and another one's not or promising and another one's not. So yeah, until then it, it just all felt like very confusing and taunting of like this <laughs> giant wall of like token names coming at you. Yeah. And what was um like what got you into stacks? Like where where did that connection start? I suppose just really the first time I this is gonna sound like total fanboy, but just the first time I heard Munib <laughs> uh give a lecture, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um uh, it, it was uh I forget it. It was while the project was still called Blockstack. I think it was from two thousand eighteen and yeah, I mean, it was just like a very elegant, simple, impassioned conversation about a decentralized internet and how smart contracts uh, on, you know, how smart contracts could empower that. And um, if smart contracts are going to settle to a blockchain, you might as well have them settle on the blockchain that's been around the longest and has the highest probability of being around, you know, longer than any others. And it's, uh, you know, what I would consider to be the most safe and decentralized uh, blockchain that there is. There's so much to learn about even like stacks and Bitcoin, but where would you recommend someone to get started? What resources or... Um, where should they go? Yeah, I, I would recommend the, the Coursera class. It was free. It's um, this gentleman named Don Tapscoat, and I forget his son's name, but they're two uh, entrepreneurs and educators from Canada, and they actually wrote, um, they wrote a pretty, uh, I forget the name of it, but it was a, it was a pretty seminal book on blockchain technology back in like 2014. Uh, or 13. So, they, you know, by most measures, they've been in the space for quite a long time. And it was just a very accessible entry point into under like beginning to know about the technology and learn about the technology. And, you know, just having like some, some real world, you know, context to, to begin to like help demystify things and, and make them a bit clearer was really helpful for me. Um, that, and, you know, you just podcasts like this and, um, there's, you know, a lot of podcasts that, you know, are, are really, you know, a lot of, uh, style, but not, not much substance. So it's, it's, um, uh, it's well worth the effort to like find the ones that have a bit more meaningful conversations that will help you understand these topics. Yeah. And why would like why is stacks perhaps the the way to what why would sex be like one of the best ways to learn or to be a part of a community when you first enter 
You know, I think that Stacks is at a really critical point right now, a really welcoming point right now, where it's big enough to have like kind of all of the basics of any decentralized community, NFT marketplaces, DAOs, DeFi protocols, um, has its own smart contracting language, has a relationship to Bitcoin. And so you really kind of, uh, you, you start to really think about um, store value and you also start to think about smart contracts. Um, and so rather than just relying on like any one particular protocol to like solve all of your problems, I, I think that there is something I feel like to be said and, and, and I think will be recognized more and more that decentralized technology and and uh, Web3 is going to be built in layers. And so Stacks, like I was saying, it's small enough to have all of these, uh, or it's large enough to have all of these uh, capabilities and, and components, but it's small enough to where it's still quite accessible, at least from my point of view, to where you can get into the Discord server, you can meet people, you can get onto Twitter and uh, dialogue with folks, uh, jump on Twitter spaces and, I would say pretty quickly, like meet some actual people and develop a bit of a network in terms of people that are friendly enough to answer questions and help you get unstuck and are excited enough to go on that journey with you. So Yeah, I mean, I would have to say like I when I first came in um, like a year ago, I would message people <laughs> on Twitter and they would just be really nice and help me. Or even when I was on Twitter, like answer questions to, yeah, like answer the questions that I had and that I, perhaps most people were afraid because I'm non-technical really. And I think that the community just like really does foster a lot of warmth and support no matter like what you do. Um, so for me, that's one of the reasons that I, I really have loved Stacks. And I would, and like, even when you contact some people, they're like, okay, just pick a time in the calendar and like, let's chat. And I found that to be really unique from like from coming from like Web2 or something like that. You really wouldn't do that as easily. So let me ask you, what was your entry point in Stacks? First time we met was when we were both mods with the Crash yeah. Course, uh launch. <laughs> what was your, your story to get to that uh, point? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I got in because my boyfriend, he like also took a course and they were talking about stacks and he started talking about stacks and I've heard of Bitcoin. I, I had opened a wallet and Ethereum and all those things, but there was just something he got involved with stacks and then I got involved and then Crash Punks um, was coming out and uh, and. I had no idea about NFTs and I got into the Discord. I started learning about it and then I saw that um, Grace was looking for mods and I I was like, there's no way I could get like a job here because the way that I learn is by experience and by doing it and going all in. And I really loved Crash Punks, what was like the sneak peeks that they were showing the NFTs. And Grace, I resonated with her because of the art that she was creating and she was really into mindfulness and neuroscience and I felt like that connected with my background very well and I applied I, I had experience in partnerships and marketing and events so the skills were transferable and I just began to learn and that's how I got in 
What about you? Tell us about well, how you got started with Crash Punks. With Crash Punks? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had quit my job and I really had no uh, idea of what I was going to be doing. And so I was just like you, I, I'm going to just dive in. I need to get involved and um, to learn by doing. And, you know, I suppose that, uh, yeah, I, I was following the project and, and following other NFT projects and I knew that um, you know, just I was spending time in the in the Civita Guild Discord and the Stacks mm-hmm. Discord, and um, so I, I was learning a bit about Discord and <laughs> to, to begin with, but also um, just people in the community and um, and how important uh, moderators are in these communities and uh, being able to answer questions and, and build community and. Yeah, you know, got in on on the first call and just saw like all of the ideas that were coming together behind the scenes and the people that were we were going to be working with and I, yeah, I was just thrilled to be involved. Yeah, and what got you like? How did the connection start to form um, to to join the foundation? I think it was right around that time when we were starting being mods on Crash Punks. I saw Brittany post uh, a job posting on on Twitter for the grant program manager, and I just jumped at it. I, I literally I hadn't applied for a single job. I had no intentions of applying for a job. I really had no idea what I was going to be doing, but I was content just having some time off from work and trying to figure it out. And I saw that and I read the the job posting and I guess coming back to like that superpower of of critical path. And um, also I have a lot of experience just doing mentorship and Mm -hmm. that's a big part of an architect's uh, journey or the, the process of becoming an architect is being a, you know, an apprentice under someone and then mentoring people. And yeah, I, I felt like between my kind of jack of all trades, like a little bit of knowledge in a lot of places when it comes to UX, UI design, product mm-hmm. management, uh, technology, and, you know, just the actual like facilitating of a process like that, I I felt like you know, I had a strong, strong shot at getting a job. So <laughs> I went yeah. all in, in terms of uh, uh, applying and, and giving uh, Jenny and Brittany the, the full court press and uh, letting them know just how badly I wanted the opportunity. And I can't thank uh, both of those two enough for the for giving me a shot. Yeah, I mean, I no regrets at all, because you're an incredible, like human being. Um, but w- I wanted to ask you about like what are you loving most about this space right now? Like what's um, exciting you? I think just the relationships that I'm building mm-hmm. uh, yourself, the other ambassadors, the people I work with at the foundation, all the grantees really like I've only been in the position for six months or so and I can already tell that uh, those relationships are beginning to, you know, they're starting. And I think that there's going to be a lot of fun um, watching people grow and mature and level up their skill set with each uh, grant or other type of support 
that they can find throughout the community. And yeah, I, I think being, knowing that I am early enough to be like an instrumental part of a community growing, but also not so early that um, there aren't like some, you know, qualified people around that you can reach out to for, uh, for questions and support is uh, a great place to find yourself in, I think. Yeah. I mean, your story is quite powerful because you, you, you were an architect and you're not necessarily a developer or coder. And I think that a lot of my friends say that the reason they don't get in is because they don't know where they fit. And what would your advice be for those people that, that say like, I have no experience in this whatsoever. What would your advice be in them getting started or even looking for a job? I mean, every project needs management. Every like, there's especially in a in Web three where you know it's a celebration of decentralization, and there's you know people working remotely, and um, you know there there is no no degree that's going to prepare you to manage a project like that. Um, it's only going to be learned by by doing. And I think that if you come in with some experience managing anything from your own creative efforts to something, you know, a project around your house to like, you know, having been in a professional experience where you manage things, um, I think that there's, there's opportunities to like uh, really add value in that direction. There's also opportunities to add value with content creation. I think that you know, what's so exciting about Web 3 versus Web 2 is that, you know, the the product-consumer relationship, you know, just used to be like this very top-down, unidirectional relationship. And, you know, really, like, this is, it's just way more collaborative. It's bi-directional. There's every opportunity to not only participate in, but also contribute to the things that you're interested in. And um, everyone's looking to learn and um, everyone's iterating and ideating, like, yeah. as fast as they can to sort of train our collective algorithm about, like, how to best align incentives between the people that, build things, use things, manage things, design things, contribute to things. And so really, like, if you're going to hone in on some, you know, like, strong outcomes of that, you you need um, participants from, from all of those walks of life, I think. Yeah, and what would you say is missing most, or what are the areas of growth in, in Web3 right now? Uh, everything. I mean... <laughs> 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 we that, need everything and everyone. <laughs> yeah, everything and everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people hiring for technical and non-technical positions. Um, you know, I, I think that if it you could be on the very far technical end of the spectrum and there's a lot of need and then, you know, way more on the management side or administration side. And I think that there's a lot of need and everything in between. I have a bias towards design and I really do think that design is needed 
desperately. Um, Bitcoin, like, you know, the next billion users or to get from 200 million users to a billion users, it's, it's not a name brand uh, recognition uh, problem. It's a user experience problem. Mm. And it's the ability to communicate these complicated concepts uh, to someone in a way that feels as easy as turning on your brand new iPhone and getting the iOS set up and having your yeah. preference set and away you go. I think that the, the real magic is going to happen because it needs to be that easy and that straightforward, but the security and expectation of what the user is responsible for is quite different. And yeah. so that's either going to be solved through, you know, a, a series of technological improvements could be like facial recognition or biometrics or, you know, utilizing that technology for uh, verification, or it's going to be just a much more uh, welcoming way to like educate people on how to secure their own, um, you know, uh, their own assets and, and take care of them and understand what that means and, um, and how to do it. So yeah. design. <laughs> this design is the way, but what do you, for example, like, what do you see, um, crypto or even web three or, um, solving on a, on a more macro level um you know it's i don't know i think that it's like a cliche anymore you, you hear people say like fix the money fix the world but mm. i really believe it um i really do i, I think that not to sound radical but the implications of kind of unraveling if you will uh <laughs> money and state not even not even to like uh totally like you know the dollar is gone or you know fiat currency yeah. is gone but you know just having a healthy competition and having an option and knowing that you know there needs to be more accountability and real thought that goes into how money is created and spent and mm. Uh, transferred and um, yeah, so I, you know, th there's I could go deeper into that, but I, <laughs> I, I think that yeah, there's essentially like money and value is the base layer for all social, you know, yeah. interaction, and so really the the ceiling there is no ceiling. Um, you can't even imagine the things that this technology can't uh, disrupt or improve or innovate. Yeah, I think my community is going to love this answer because we all feel very much <laughs> the same. <laughs> so yeah. there's a saying that like time in crypto is like three times, 10 times faster than normal. Yeah. What do you do to the stay sane? Effect, I, we try to exercise every day and really it's like, I think just the mode of exercise that you do can uh, help tremendously. Like I swim and I do yoga and 
I think just having a period of time where you're notification free and you're like in a space to where like when you swim labs, you know, you, you really have no devices connected to, you know, it's essentially uh, fairly quiet and, you know, you just hear the sounds of water and there's something about that, that um, for me just kind of like slows down time a bit and it's it's almost a little uh, primal in terms of it just like reconnects you to nature um, ever so slightly. And then also with yoga, like really just trying to better understand your, you know, they call it proprioception, which is like your understanding of your own body and space and like balance mm -hmm. essentially. And so just trying to get through a class or a, a new position or, or sequence or whatnot where you're having to, um, you know, be mindful of how you, every part of your body is positioned in space, um, I think is a very therapeutic thing. Yeah. Do you see like um, yoga and swimming affect you in other areas of your life or impact it? I mean, you know, it, it just, it makes me way more calm and euphoric afterwards. Uh, and so that's good. And it also, uh, you know, it also helps with that critical path thing I was talking about. Like if you wake up and, and I've actually been doing this a little bit uh, recently with uh, some of the projects that we're working on behind the scenes, but just, waking up and sitting down and going to work, you know, you don't have the same clarity and you don't have the same yeah. um, ability to like kind of take all the pieces and only see the ones that you really need to focus on and separate fact from fiction. And so you'll, you'll wake up. Uh, if I don't swim, you know, you're just kind of like moving through the day with, with urgency and, yeah. Um, just kind of like trying to like address one emergency after another. And I think that, yeah. you know, with having that period of time where you just kind of like uh, recalibrate and reset and all the noise kind of goes away and then you just see the like couple of things that you really need to take care of and you can set them in a prioritized order and then you can just move forward. Um, I find I can get like, a day's worth of work done in like four hours when I approach yeah. my day that way. Yeah, yeah. We need to do this more because I feel like it, we all know this, but yet sometimes it's so challenging to put into practice. Um, before we go, I want to do a lightning round and it's just a series of questions that I'm going to ask you <laughs> and um, just try to answer them as concise and fast as possible. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite book? Uh, the Fountainhead by Anne Rand. One piece of advice the world needs to know right now. Stop watching TV. <laughs> Your go-to drink? Hop water, hop-infused sparkling water. Um, one thing you can't stand? Violence, I guess. Yeah. And um, what do you love most about yourself? I suppose a willingness to iterate. Mm. Oh, that's so powerful. 
Well, thank you so much for being here. It was um, just a beautiful conversation. I think a lot of people are going to feel inspired by you to just know that you can come into a new space, whether even it is Web3 or not, like you can always change and iterate and pivot and it just gets better. Um, but before you go, the last question is like, what's one piece of advice um, that you can give anyone that wants to get it started Where where can they go or, yeah, like where can they go? I would say go to the grants channel in the Stack server. And that's where you're going to meet people that are uh, willing to help support you and, um, and give you that chance and talk through, um, like help you figure out, okay, what is a project that I could take on? Mm. And you never know. Maybe you maybe you get some support to do it. If not, um, you at least uh, get pointed in a direction. We don't like to yeah. be the dead end for anyone. So. Yeah. And where can people hang out and play with you online? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Corcoran Will, C-O-R-C-O-R-A-N-W-I-L-L, um, or will.btc. That is probably an easier way to find me. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll link your we'll link it all in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome, Bonnie. Awesome. Thank you very mm. much, and I love the format, and I can't wait to see this uh, this project grow. Yeah. Thank you, Will. Thank you for tuning in. I so appreciate you being here. My intention with this podcast is to empower you to walk into another world feeling confident. Through powerful conversations, we can build this bridge together. If you love this conversation, please leave a review on iTunes. And if you're feeling extra generous, share this episode with a friend who's curious too. To stay connected, find me on Twitter and IG at Vibes. See you next week when we unravel a little bit more.